You are listening to the Mary Jane Society podcast, brought to you by Studio 420, a cannabis-friendly marketing agency. I'm your host, Pam Schmiel, Marketing Director for Studio 420. Today we're recording the podcast from the floor of the MJ Unpacked show in New York City, where I met two brothers born in Bangladesh but grew up in New York City and left for Oregon seven years ago to start their own craft cannabis company called Gross. I interviewed one of the brothers, Munib, and we talked about how they built their company and the plans to expand into the New York market. What struck me most about Munib was his absolute passion and knowledge of the plant and his plans to keep innovating in this space. Listen in because you will learn a lot about the cannabis industry. Monib, really appreciate you uh, taking time out from uh, MJ Unpacked and uh, joining me for the podcast. Really excited to hear about uh, your business, Gross. Um, I know you're all based out in Oregon and looking to enter the uh, New York marketplace. Maybe we could just start with, uh, what is the story of Gross? How, how did it come to be? I know you started it with your brother. And uh, did you go out to Oregon to start it? Was that the whole point? Yeah, and, absolutely. And where yeah. did cannabis enter your life and you think about actually picking up and moving out of New sure, York. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Thank you for having me. It's been a great event so far mm-hmm. and I'm excited to share our story. Mm-hmm. Um, so I grew up in New York my whole life. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Queens, Long Island, and Manhattan. I, I thought I would never leave New York, but if there was a reason to leave New York, it was cannabis. Oh. And so um, I left everything. I sold my apartment. I left my job. Didn't know anyone in Oregon. Um, did visit a few times, went to, at that time it was Colorado, Oregon, and Alaska. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not many options out there. Right. Oregon was the best option at the moment. Mm-hmm. Oregon is a great, great state for cultivation mm-hmm. for a lot of things, fruits, vegetables, produce, and cannabis. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very craft culture, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've realized now, actually, I didn't realize at the time, when I first started working, I worked in finance. And cannabis got me through a lot of hard days, a lot of hard nights. I used to work a lot. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, sure. It All was, day, pressure cooker, uh, and, smoke yeah. a joint at night. Yeah, like the only way to like, you know, be Decompress. like, okay, do it again tomorrow. Yeah. Work six, seven days a week, 80, 100 hours. Um, I didn't mind it, but I was never passionate about it. And cannabis was always there. You know, I didn't realize. I just thought it's a vice, like drinking. You know, but I didn't realize how it helped me get through a lot of tough times. Um, started my first company two years into working because I was like, this is cool, but I think I'm an entrepreneur. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah. so I was in the healthcare field. Um, I was a distributor for Bayer Healthcare for one of their diabetic devices in Bangladesh. Um, I'm originally from Bangladesh. But I don't read or speak the language that okay. well. So that was awesome. <laughs> it's a great learning experience. Yeah. Back then, when I did it, and it was pretty successful. It helped me be like, okay, I'm an entrepreneur, and that was my first experience into healthcare. Uh, a few years later, I decided to come back to the U.S. It wasn't for me, you know. I'm an American. This is where I feel more comfortable. Uh, so I went back to Wall Street. <laughs> And then I first started a healthcare incubator. Mm. That's where I met a lot of medical professionals that would talk about cannabis. 
um, back then. This was right around Colorado legalizing. And I was like, you know, I always thought of cannabis as a vice. I didn't think it was harmful, but I didn't know the medicinal benefits. None of us really did. Yeah, no, we right? didn't know. And so being exposed to nurses and doctors that believed in cannabis really changed my mind. And Colorado was legalizing. So quick, shortly after Colorado legalized, my brother and I started going out to the West Coast. We're like, we're going to be in the street one way or the other, mm. even if it means moving. So we did a lot of research for a long, several years, and then we landed on Oregon. Why did you come up with the name um, Gras? Sure, yeah. So, and is it, is it pronounced Gras? So, uh, Am I pronouncing that correctly? It's pronounced Gras. It's from Gras, France. That's where botanical ex uh, extraction began in the 18th century. Mm. We call our company Grass because we're not that fancy. But sometimes we'll call it grass. Maybe okay. in New York we'll start calling it grass. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. That's great. Um, please tell us about your signature uh, infused pre-rolls. And I guess it, it's the beery method. a beery a method? Your, yeah, your special extraction process? Sure. Yeah. So we specialize in, we call ourselves the green juice of cannabis. So we, it's all natural. When we do our extraction, we don't use any chemicals or additives. So we use heat, pressure, agitation, mechanical separation, water, all natural all mm -hmm. stuff. And the reason we do it is we love cannabis and we want the true medicinal benefits of the entire plant. All our products are full spectrum. That's not just a buzzword. We actually believe in it. And end of the day in the West Coast, the more mature markets like Oregon, Solventless, the premium product, Solventless is becoming more popular. And one of the things we pioneered in solving this is it, it, uh, originally it was always for the dab, dabber community, mm -hmm. uh, which is, you know, small community, but very the connoisseurs of the plant. Mm -hmm. We thought everyone should enjoy solving this. Why is it only for this one group? Like, because most people don't dab, right? A lot of people do, but most of the market does not because it requires tools, know-how. Uh, sometimes people want something easy. So one of the first things we did, we are like, oh, let's make solventless infused pre-rolls. So add our concentrates into pre-rolls and blunts. So, yeah. Oh, so you're, you're, so you're making, oh, so you're taking your rosin that uh, you're making? Rosin and, and, and or hash. And or hash and putting it into the pre-rolls. Exactly. So the whole, but the, but the, uh, the differentiator is that it's, uh, it's solventless. Exactly. Like okay. traditionally, it would be made with some hydrocarbon extraction. Mm -hmm. Hydrocarbon extraction could be made with butane, CO2, uh, alcohol. Mm -hmm. um, nothing wrong with those methods. That's just personally, I only like, I, I prefer solventless. Mm -hmm. We make products we consume ourselves that we would be proud of. In Oregon, we have amazing, amazing organic farms. Mm -hmm. And so our goal is to highlight the farm. You know, we think like a chef more than a chemist. Mm. It's all about the input ingredient, right? And our goal is to not screw up what they grew. And, and the best comment we can ever get is when a farm tells us our product tastes like their flower. Oh, that's great. Wow, that's fantastic. So is the is the beer, am I saying that correctly? Beery, yes. Beery, is the beery method? Uh, so uh, beery is a... Is that different from the pre-rolls, the infused yeah, pre-rolls? Yeah, so our, our, our infused pre-roll line brand is called Beery. And okay. so Beery, there's a lot of story behind that. Beery is an old school Indian cigar. Ah. 
and our, my family um, had a beauty factory in Bangladesh in the 1950s. Oh, so cool. So last okay. year we launched Beery. It represents cannabis history and culture from Southeast Asia. A lot of the original genetics are from Southeast Asia, Hindu Kush being the most popular. But there's all this history and culture there. Ganja, the word ganja, mm -hmm. is from there. Ah. So we're trying to, you know, kind of educate on the history and culture as well as there's a lot of stigma around cannabis, you know. We, right. It's. I mean, the history has been suppressed for years exactly. from cultures around the world. Exactly. There's so many, you know, different uh, cultures around the world that were responsible for cannabis. Where you know, but it. No one really knows about the history because it was not a good thing. You exactly. Know? So. Uh, and we think, you know, highlighting the, the history before the drug war, before reefer madness, can help with destigmatized. Right. You know, so even within our culture, it's really stigmatized in Southeast Asia. It's very bad, like taboo. Mm -hmm. And it's sad because now we're like, well, a lot of it came from there. Right. right. And people till this day, like Holi is an Indian holiday. It's a spiritual holiday in India. And they make this drink called Bang. Uh, bang is an infused drink. And Bang? Bang. So B-H-A-N-G. Oh, oh. So, uh, I know. Um, and uh, so on Holi, that's the colorful holiday with the colors. Oh, okay. So that's called Holi. And okay. that day, for that day, every year, farmers will grow cannabis. Government will cultivate and harvest it. They'll sell it to the shops. The shops will make this drink very strong. The whole country... Are you kidding? No. That's okay. The entire country... It's high off bond for like a day and a half. Oh, really? But ninety percent of the people think it's a spiritual, religious feeling mm. because of the holiday, and they're like, "Well, you're just really high." <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Wait, but that's not happening today, is it? No, yeah, till today, every oh. year. Oh, every, every year. year. Yeah. Okay. So that colorful holiday, like the entire country of India, literally getting high, like literally the entire country, and they don't know it. Wait, but the government is, is selling Government, it? yeah. The, and so there's a little legal framework to do it for holy. Oh, just for that? One day. One day you can partake. And they in. have no idea. And now there's one state in India that is trying to legalize. Just like a lot of people are following the American model where it's like, you know what? Not everyone wants it. Fine. This state, we believe in it. So there's progress. And when we launched Beery, it was really... Uh, motivating because it made it okay for a lot of people. I had a lot of people from India reach out from India, Bangladesh, Pakistan, and be like, "That's so cool!" Like you're, you know. I was going to ask you if, if that's if that's really speaking to the um, to the Indian community. So uh, as far as your marketing and things like that, or or just like destigmatizing it in that community. That's kind of it. Yeah, we, you know? we're trying to. You know, I think you know brands that represent culture and history. You know, there's more than just the cannabis. It represents a lot of things with the with cannabis. Yeah. So, you know, we market to everyone. Right, of course, but, yeah. I just was wondering, though, since... But, yeah, but a lot of people, you know, it's a, such a stigma in the South Asian community that being a brand that's, like, front-facing, a lot yeah. of people think now it's okay. Right. It's okay to be that. It's okay, right? Like, yes, right. Wow, that's, that's interesting history. Um, so... 
Are the um, are the infused pre-rolls your only product line, or do you, what other products sure. do you sell? So we do infused pre-rolls and infused blunts. Uh, we do concentrates, so we have hash rosin, hash, whole melt. Uh, then we also do uh, rosin for edibles and drinks. So okay. we work with other companies to white label for them. Um, so emerging market in the edible space, full spectrum solventless edibles and drinks. And so one of our goals in New York is actually to start there, is to white label for all the new companies here to get them to, you know, if you're a farm, why not have other products in addition to flour? Right. So we'd love to like, and you know, one thing we want to do, influence in the East Coast, start off with the best products, right? right? The cleanest natural products. Like in the West Coast, solventless is becoming bigger now. Mm. In the East Coast, I don't think we have to wait because people had a choice, right? Between something that's clean and natural or something that's processed, overly processed, like food, for example. We right. pick the one, and we're also getting to a point where we can scale, and we can be efficient, we can learn, you know, we've been doing this for five years, we can actually get the cost of salt less reasonable, it's still a little more premium. Oh, because the process, oh right, so it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a more premium it's a, process. It's a to, premium process, okay. but we can, we can be pretty affordable, you know, it's never going to be cheap, mm-hmm. but it'll be mid-tier and high-tier. Okay. And so one of our goals has been to scale, become more efficient. We've invested in a lot of equipment the last two years. Okay. And so pretty, pretty much getting ready for a bigger market like New York. Right. So uh, investing in equipment uh, like your pre-roll equipment? Or pre-roll equipment, and your su- hash making, uh, hash agitator. Oh, extraction process. Extraction, okay. packaging. Okay. It never ends. <laughs> yes, know, like, right, right. Infused pre-rolls seem to be on a real trend, upswing. Yes. Um, so, did, when did you start the pre-roll, infused pre-rolls? Three years ago. Oh, okay. So, was it tr- starting to trend then? No. How did you come up with that idea? I don't we, know. We make things we like ourselves. and. So, you're a high THC consumer. High THC consumer. And also, one of the things you realize is if you have high quality, you don't need as much. So one of the trends in cannabis sometimes in the West is prices are plummeting and there's product that's inferior, but it's very affordable. Nothing wrong with that. Right. But unfortunately, like anything else, it has less less of the good stuff. Less right. terpene profile, less compounds than a full, mature, good. And that's what's good for you. That's what's right. good for you and, and you need less. So yes. Yeah, less smoke. Less so that's kind of the thing with infused pre-rolls is... Less smoke. Less smoke. I mean, you Didn't don't even need, think about exactly. that. Exactly. So it's like, yes, you are probably a higher consumer, but you probably don't, you know, you want, you want quality stuff. Right. Two, if it's quality, you probably don't need to consume as much. So I've heard that um, some of the problems that other companies are having with their uh, infused pre-rolls is that it can get gummy or um, it doesn't burn at the rate of the joint. Um, and then I heard that some people are doing um, the, uh, the infused part or the, ex- the rosin on the outside, I guess dipping it or something like that. I don't know how. So uh, is your infusion inside yes, of the pre-roll? Yes, yeah. so we okay. don't believe in a lot of the outside. It looks cool, like people could tell the difference. It's pretty much all looks. Functionally, if you think about it, if you like infused pre-rolls that's dipped, 
smoke's just going in the air. Oh, yeah. You literally have to turn around and, like, oh, right. you think have, about it. Oh, my gosh. That's so true. You, have, you have to a, put it in your mouth. That's what I mean. Yeah. Oh, I never it thought could, about that. So we, we're consumers ourselves. Right. And back four years ago when we started formulating, we were like, oh, there's only one company that does this, and not really well. Oh. And I can't even find it for my own self. Have you mastered... I guess it's not for us. No, okay. <laughs> yeah, we like master so doing ours, that because I'm talking burns, to some other guys down there. I, I bur- it burns to the crutch, okay. burns even. The thing with automation is it's consistent. Unfortunately, every batch is like you have to like every little variable you have to dial in. It takes a while, but it's worth it. So a year in, we're finally where we where the manufacturer told us we would be a year ago, or we're finally here. Um, it could be better, so I'm always looking to improve. Yeah. Um, but this is something we want to help because it is very labor intensive. But we like labor intensive because we are good at Crap. automating, making it more efficient. Oh. So like, I don't think there's a comp- there's markets for everything. So if it's our own product, we're more craft. We want to be the real deal, natural stuff. But sometimes when it's labor intensive. A lot of people won't do it. We'll do it, and we'll make. And if it's worth it, we'll try to see how much we can automate. Oh wow, that's interesting. Well, this needs to be perfected. From what I'm hearing from other people doing yeah. the infused pre-roll process, um, and we'd love to bring you know the white labeling for folks in that category as well. Right, that's something we want to do in New York. Oh, I was okay. That was going to be my next question, which I think I went off script here. But um, so if you're if you just if you don't really want to bring your brand. To the United States, or you want—I mean—into the New York State. We would do both. both. Okay, so you yeah. would do both, and um, so you would you have you perfected your equipment, or is it the is it the man man manpower process of getting this infusion into the pre-roll that you're perfecting? Because if you if you if you have to partner, say, with a cultivator manufacturer. Mm-hmm. Uh, here in New York, yep. they're going to have to know your process, and does it require special equipment for them to do this? Or so in New York, could it we be try a to, our goal would be to get a license here, but in other states, we can partner and manage the lab, solving this portion anyway. So we can come in and you know we have a partnership because one thing we're learning in the West is you can't try to do everything. Right. A lot of us tried. It's not worth it. Well, you mean, mean, mean like vertical in the sense of being vertical? Not or? necessarily. You could be vertical. Uh-huh. You can focus on your cultivation and bring in the processors that have the knowledge of it. Meaning we have some sort of partnership. You make white label for all your products. We have some understanding, you know, some agreement. And, you know, maybe you let us have a portion of the products for our own brand. And the rest is whatever you'd like. And, um, so New Jersey would be one where I met a few folks, and if anyone's interested, they were saying, like, yeah, you can cultivate, you can process, you can do it all. It'll take you seven years. Right. <laughs> or shortcut, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So is the process that you're perfecting the solventless, pro- the solventless process, or is it the the, the uh, way to infuse the... Both. So it's okay. sol- solventless extraction and any, all the products that come out are solvents. So whether it's concentrates, gravables, oh. uh, 
payrolls, increased payrolls, uh, or for edibles and drinks. Oh, okay. So pretty much every scheme in cannabis. Oh, okay. And, and is it a different, I guess it would be a different solventless product per each. Okay. Yeah. So it's a different process for each. Each like, one, yes. Yeah, if, if you're talking about drinks or you're talking about yeah, this exactly. or, okay. So we wouldn't, so the, you know, we thought about, oh, let's do our own edible line and drink line and then we like hit ourselves and they're like, you know what, let them do it. <laughs> so we partner with one company, they're one of the bigger, uh, we're not doing it right now, but we used to do it, we did it for two years, it was pretty successful. Uh, we were one of the first in the state to do it together. And now this category is getting bigger, solventless uh, edibles. Okay. Uh, but they were the gummy manufacturer, we're the processor. We made the oil, gave it to them, they made the gummies, and we had a partnership. Oh, and I see. And that worked out beautifully. Oh, I see, I see. So you just provide the extraction. Yeah, so they, yeah. you know, like a lot of uh, edible manufacturers don't process. Right. And they're buying either distillate or live resin or CO2 oil. You know, now it's like, oh, you can buy solventless as well. So, so it seems to me that it's your process, your extraction process, and the flour that you use uh, is what makes your your product craft uh, grass absolutely craft. So, you, would you, if you partnered with someone in New York? Um, you, you would bring your solventless process here, but would you also bring your seeds here or your strain or, you know, I yeah. guess you would have to, your so specific... So, one of our great farms we work with, Can Essentials. Oh, okay. And okay. I'm trying to convince all our farms in Oregon that the East Coast needs their craft. Oh. Because it is so amazing. Like, it's organic, it's regenerative, it's sustainable. These greenhouses are beautiful, you can grow all year. It's beautiful, amazing, like it's doing justice to this plant we all love, right? Mm. It's not it's not soulless, it's full of love. And people sometimes are a little spoiled. Mm. We get it everywhere there. Yeah. Oh and, yes, I know Oregon. You know, is. yeah. And so what I'm trying to do one day, hopefully, <laughs> we have a lot of farms here from Oregon. Oh, we do? Okay. Loud as well. Oh, okay. They're one of the best indoor farms and one of the best greenhouses. So oh. they're all here. Oh, okay. And we're trying to get, because it would make my life easier. Oh, there you go. Yes, but, or of course. Or also partner with other farms and maybe they do consulting and help these folks here mm. that maybe are not experienced at compliant, third-party tested craft cannabis. And there are a lot of farms coming online. There's only, I think there were only 12 hemp farms operating here since 2018 yes. that are also doing extractions. Yeah. But there's, I mean, so many other farms that are jumping on the bandwagon yeah. and they don't know how exactly. to farm uh, exactly. cannabis properly. And also, I just learned that uh, New York is, uh, there will be a nursery license available in mm. New York for someone who wants to bring their seeds here yes. or clones exactly. or things like that. So that might be something these guys could get a license for. Exactly, yeah. Instead and of a farming license. Yeah, exactly. Like, we have, you know, one, one farm we work with, they have over 25 genetics that are perfect for solvents, right? Oh. So they built out, so they don't sell really to the retail. They just sell to processors that Oh, so there's specific strains that work. Specific that work, strains that, that are grown a certain way, harvested a certain way. That work well. That work well. And so in the beginning, a lot of it was R&D, but now it's like, oh, cool, we all, 
it's, and it's a multi-year relationship, but it's it's amazing. <laughs> I mean, like you just said, that is knowledge that could fast track someone exactly. onto to doing what you're exactly. what you're trying to and do. It, you know, anyone can learn. You know, not to say, but no, but honestly, one thing I would say is, we started five years ago, over five years ago. We had a luxury of learning together, like all of us. Now, that time isn't there. Like now, every New Jersey comes on. Yeah, a lot of West competition Coast is coming up. And if day one, there's playbooks, right? And what we can offer is day one a playbook. And yeah. you don't have to learn it hard mm -hmm. way. Like, mm -hmm. boom, hit the ground running. Right, right. Wow, no, that's valuable, absolutely. Um, so, um, so who is your consumer in Oregon? As a marketer, I just love to know, you know, sure. kind of understand these. Uh, yeah, so it's typically connoisseurs. So it's kind of like the whiskey consumer. Mm. Um, you know, they'll tell you what's good, what's not good, but mm. great. Um, they're very loyal. Um, the infused pre-roll line is actually a lot of women. Really? Yeah. So it's, um, it's, you know, they like that it's natural, they love, like, the story, they love the farms we work with because they know how they grow, they know what they don't put inside. A lot of the farms we work with are regenerative, use living soil, they make their own nutrients, they don't use any sprays or pesticides, so, and all of us tell that story, and, yeah, we get a lot of women customers mm. that like pre-rolls, mm. and... You know, and they want something tastier, and they can consume less. Yes, uh, so we yes. get a we get a lot of connoisseurs and women. Love it. And is there a certain age group that you tend to uh, yeah, sell it, to? It's probably late twenties to forty-five or so. Mm -hmm. um, with our hash products, we're trying to get like the forty-five to seventy mm -hmm. um, because they love hash. That's what they grew up on, and they don't understand what these kids are dabbing these days. <laughs> <laughs> what are those kids dabbing with? Oh yeah, so <laughs> like that dabbing thing. So we're trying to like educate some newer demographics. So one of it we call it a bowl topper, mm -hmm. um, which is like if you're a flower smoker and you're like one you like the farm, so you make product, you know, so you like the flower from this farm. So we'll partner with that farm and also provide like oh, this farm has hash and hash is not as strong. As concentrates, right? It's it's in between, so it's stronger than flour, but it's less than a dabbable. So they can put it as a bowl topper. Oh, so they don't have to buy anything new, and it's you know it's the old time hash they're used to from back in the day. Oh, it's the crumbly. Yeah, exactly. The, the bar or whatever the bar. Oh, uh, so yeah, so there's hash and hashish. Oh, okay. So hashish, um, one of our package packaging. Uh, we have a, a symbol called the Hamza, which is like the evil eye, but the Indian version. It's uh -huh. like good luck, uh, but it's like a hand design. It's called the Hamza, but it also represents back in the day when folks in Southeast Asia and Afghanistan would harvest cannabis, all the trichomes would be in their hand. Oh. And they would just rub it together, and that was hashish. Oh, really? And made it into a, 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 a brick. Yeah. Yes. Oh. And that was easy to transport, and so that's where hashish comes from. That was the first concentrate. Jeez, love it. Love the history. Um, so what challenges are cannabis entrepreneurs facing in Oregon? I know 
you know, the plan, I know there's a lot of uh, challenges, yeah. right? Like, what's sure. the big challenge? Yeah, um, is you as a, I guess, the growers are having the biggest problem, right? As yeah, it affects everyone. Yeah, so, okay. um, yeah, like, out west, you know, we're battle-hardened <laughs> warriors. <laughs> we have a lot of battle scars. Oh, God. But it makes us stronger. Yeah. It makes us motivated. It makes us motivated, you know, because end of the day, nothing's easy, yeah. right? Um, so true. Like, you know, anyone thinks weed sells itself, has nothing to do. <laughs> yeah. Trust me, <laughs> it does not. And you have to have a story. You have to believe. You have to be authentic. You have to be, and so you have to treat this plant with special care. Because if you don't, it's a commodity. And if it's a commodity, good luck. You better have a lot of money behind you. So we don't treat it as a commodity. We treat it as a special plant. We treat it as something unique. And that's how we sell it. That's great. That that's that's really great. I love. I really like that. That's amazing. Um, are you thinking about introducing new products in the future? I'm sure your head is in expansion right now. So oh, always, yeah. Right. Always, so, so yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, expanding to other states. So in the big you know, scheme of things, okay, you're going to conquer New York, and are you thinking the tri-state area, or are you thinking of other states in the back of your mind that sure, you want to yeah. head into? Uh, yes, in New Jersey, we'd love to partner and manage a processing lab, so we're talking to several folks, and we'll see where that lands, so not necessarily have our operations there. You know, one thing we're learning as people expand is you don't need everything in every state. It's too expensive, it's too much work. Right. Partnering together works like like-minded people with similar values working together. So that's New Jersey. Um, Michigan is another state. It's very interesting. Um, the reality has hit Michigan. What do you mean? Prices of flowers plummeting. Oh yeah. As the humongous grows come online, it's it's happening where it's like the West Coast, but a little early. Mm. So prime target to go there. As the market matures. And it grows, um, eventually concentrates and infused products will take larger market share over. Flowers always tank for now, but every year the infused categories take more market share. Ah. That's where processors come. Oh, okay. So if you have a lot of weed in your state, you need more processors. Oh, that's right. Oh my gosh. We yes. will process all of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Have you considered um, partnering uh, with MSOs to get into more states quick, quickly? Yeah, that, it's always an option. Yeah, uh -huh. like we, you know, we, we, we believe, you know, our niche mm -hmm. is something, you know, I, originally I would say no, mm -hmm. but now we, we don't want craft solvers to get lost. Right. It's a very big niche in the West Coast, it's getting bigger, okay. but I have a fear that it might not be like that in the rest of the country. Mm. And it's our job is to spread the knowledge and the history and the culture. And so if it takes someone might not have, you know, someone bigger, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, no, you I know. know. It's, I mean, I, I actually heard uh, a company, I forgot who it was, at a panel discussion here earlier today saying, 
you know, the, just a, a regular small little product, I think based in California. And they were saying, you know, sure, they had the grand plans of trying to go state by state. And then when they realized how hard and expensive it is to, to, to do this, you know, to, to maintain the integrity of the brand and the consistency and the quality, that they partnered, they ended up partnering with an MSO yep. just to get them into more states faster and and in a consistent way because the MSOs are you know have their own uh, you know vertically integrated exactly. uh, system. So exactly. um, so right. So I think MSOs we don't want them to take over uh, and kill all the little guys, um, but. I think they could serve maybe a purpose in that way to keep, Absolutely. like what you're saying, is so the solventless um, craft doesn't get lost. Exactly. Yeah, we can partner. You know, because if that's what it takes, yeah, if that's to what it takes. The world, yeah, if the it word, you know, and right. And that's yeah, we're, we're excited. Um, okay, I guess we'll just say this is the last question. This has been really sure. fantastic. Is um, so what's your R&D process, or did I, I'm sorry, did I just ask you, like, no. are you thinking about new products in the future, yeah, so yeah. beyond what you're doing right now? I know you don't want to spread yourselves too thin, and no. there's so many great ways, but are you thinking of, uh, you don't want to give any away some secrets, but are there any, we have, what are you well, thinking? we have secrets, but yeah. we're not sh afraid to talk about it, because... Uh -huh. There's a lot that goes into it, you know? It's okay. not like a Somebody magic button. Yeah, right, they can't reverse yeah, engineer yeah. it or whatever. I mean, if yeah. they can, Yeah. but if you don't have the flower, <laughs> it oh. takes a lot. It's not just like, there's no easy button. Like, right. there's no, like, literally a button, right? It's, right, it's, right. Everything works together, right? right. Like, it's like a chef. You can, you can look at their recipe and try it all day, right? Yeah. But there's a lot, <laughs> including love, that goes into it, That's right? That's right, that's so right. I can make a burger, but sometimes not as good as a restaurant, right? Oh, yeah, right? that's exactly. I can right. literally do the same ingredients. I can cook up a storm, but I cannot bake. Yeah, so there you I, go. Yeah, exactly, right. exactly. So, yeah, um, one product. So part of our R&D process is, like, we're inspired. We always look at other states, other countries. It's exciting. It's, it's cannabis is everywhere, Canada, the whole country. I know. And so, you know, things are exciting there. And we're like, oh, we should do a solventless version of that, right? Um, so one thing we're trying to do, it's not a big category, so we're on the fence, but one of the best parts of this industry and our job is R&D. Yeah. <laughs> oh, seriously, I know. I love it. So I know, it's like, hmm, never tried that. Ev every batch we try, every batch we make, mm. and so we stand behind our product. We, we would not sell it if we don't smoke it ourselves or consume it ourselves. So mm. one product we're trying to, we've been working on, so we consume it ourselves. It's, personal at home is uh, rosin infused capsules. Rosin infused. So, so you capsule. take a capsule. Yeah. It's a very simple. Is that so that's high THC. It's high it's it's high THC, but you can uh, regulate the dosage. So it could be five milligrams. Oh, okay. It could be five, ten, fifteen, twenty, you know, you can be so you and, can dose it properly. And how does a capsule work uh, for bioavailability? Yeah, so we've been researching, um, you know, nanotechnology, homo homogenization. So we have some small tools that we use and R&D on ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's You great. know, and I've met some companies here that are, you they, know, nanotechnology is the future of edibles, right? It's, right. You know, if you're not doing that, right. you're behind. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, and we're not using a, 
solution yet, but we do use the homogenizer, R&D homogenizer. And uh, the capsule is great because, again, no smoke. Yes. You're getting the solventless like, benefits. You can dose it low as two and a half, five milligrams, so it doesn't have to be high THC. Right. Um, but the market right now isn't ready for that in Oregon because it feels too like medicinal, like pharmaceutical. Mm. So people like so it's a small category, but we've been really enjoying it ourselves. <laughs> so. Have you have you te- uh, so have you done a little market research on that for so people? So every yeah. Uh, Everyone last night I gave one to. Uh-huh. Might have one for you. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that's my market tried. research. <laughs> there you go. Never tried rosin. Um, wow. That's so okay. So it's not quite ready, but you're perfecting it, and you're. And this is the thing. We we will work on months on end. Yeah. Because it's also fun. We love what we do. Yeah. So it's great to do it. You know, like for yourself. Like, yes. Oh, like, yes. You know, like we had the wildfires with people. Not only did we have COVID, we also had wildfires in Oregon oh, the same yes. year. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the same year. Oh, that's right. That was horrible. I had a friend in San Francisco. It was, un- the sky was red. Oh, it was horrible. We were like, wait, is this the same year? <laughs> <laughs> what? I-, I was ready for the aliens, you know? <laughs> <laughs> wow, that, I know. I, I was sitting here on the East Coast, like, I couldn't believe it. It was just it was, unbelievable. It was a, a mile away from our facility. So oh, like, God. like there was a lot of us like that, and s- some people literally held out their poses because it's their livelihood, you know. Oh, so like, so, so heartbreaking. Like, not only is the market a pressure, but that makes you stronger. Yes. We can literally survive. <laughs> through it all like where's the aliens <laughs> oh my god it was so unreal because covid was happening oh. we were essential we were like oh awesome we're essential and then we're like wait everyone's home we never stopped working right wow. we didn't know what was going to happen right we never stopped we people went to farms people went to their processing labs people went to their shops and we knew we had to do it for the people and it was exciting too right and yeah so like all this, it's a lot of hardship that makes you strong. Yes, yes, yes. So I look, I'm an optimistic guy, because why would I leave everything to go somewhere I've never been? Yeah, exactly. To do this, right? And I know, that's crazy. So. Born and raised in New York City and headed to Oregon, and now here you are, you're back. It's a full circle. Exactly. Wow, that's a great way to end. Muneed, thank you so thank much you for so joining much. me. I. I it was really a pleasure to meet you in person yes. and hear about your company. I, I really am a fan. I'm Thank a fan. Thank you so much. Oh my God, seriously. Yeah, that's probably how everyone feels out there. Well, thanks again. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season 1 of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, 
Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at DopeHistory.com.